Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. Uh, Pastor James is going to start back in verse 1 of chapter 6 of John. Welcome to the program, Pastor James. Did I say uh, Mark or John? John? Oh. Do you want to change books? Yeah, I want to go to Mark. Okay. I'm sorry. That's my fault. <laughs> but the Lord is showing me some things that I believe the people need right now at this time. Because we're going through so much. And, you know, they're getting ready to open up the uh, nation again. And, and as I said, the Lord showed me a vision of this big black wall coming down. And he was coming down light came out from under that wall and the word salvation. And then the Lord told me, he said, if they don't get up under that wall soon, they'll be lost. And I'm saying, okay, Lord, let me, whatever it is that it takes these people to get turned towards you, this is what I want to do. And like I say every time, Lord, if you don't speak, I can't speak. But I see that he's been, he's leading me over here to Mark the sixth chapter and the first verse. Mark the sixth chapter and the first verse. And it starts as this was. And he came out from hence and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From hence had this man these things and what wisdom is this which is given unto him works are wrought by his hand is he not a uh is he not the carpenter the son of mary the brother of james and joseph and judah and simon and are not his sisters here with us and they were offended at him But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. And he could uh, do no mighty work, save that he laid his hand upon a few sick sick folks and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went around the village teaching. Now, this is what I want to go back to, is that uh, you notice he was work, he was in the, in the synagogue teaching on a, a Sabbath day, and they were saying they were astonished at what he was teaching. What, what, and then one of the things they said, let's have this man these things, and what wisdom is this that was given unto him, that even the mighty works are wrought by his hand or by his thoughts. Now, what happened was when they were talking about uh, – the works and stuff, they were talking about what God said, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word. Well, the word word actually means every Hebrew alphabet. So there's Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalit, Hay, and continue on for 22 letters. He not only knew the words, but he understood what each word meant. And they were astonished at him teaching this because the 
They call it Kabbalism. This is a hidden uh, teaching or mystery teaching that is taught by the Jews. And here's Jesus knew that without going to their school. And they were mystified of how he knew these things. And if you notice, because he understood those things, miracles happened. That's why this program is called Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. And the first thing they said, if you notice on the third verse, it said, is he not the carpenter, the son of Mary? You know, most times when they talk about somebody being a son, they talk about your father. They say, isn't that John, his father? Isn't that Zebedee and stuff like that? They Very seldom you ever hear them talk about the mother unless the mother is the head of the household. But he brought that up, and then it says he had brothers named James, Joseph, and Judah, and Simon. And he made it let you know he had sisters and stuff. And they were offended at him. Because if you don't do it the way the rabbis say you should be doing something, they get mad at you. They excommunicate you. That's what they did with Jesus. It wasn't that Jesus was a bad person or that he broke uh, rules and stuff. It was just the idea they didn't teach him, so they rejected it. And then it says, Jesus said, that a prophet is without honor or a prophet has his honor in his own, uh, I mean, when he's out somewhere else, but in his own country, among his own people, it's hard to witness to them. It's hard to talk to them. It's hard to win your folks. So if you can't win your folks, win somebody else. There's somebody else out there want to hear the gospel. Somebody else out there want to hear the teaching. And because of that, that's what we should be out there witnessing to. Those that want to hear the teaching. Yeah, because they're your family. Yeah, they might be your friends. But the thing is, they don't always want to hear it. And especially if it's coming from you. And you can say, well, I, I haven't been that bad of a person. It doesn't matter. The scriptures are before you. If they give Jesus, Jesus a hard task, you're going to have a hard time. If they say that you do uh, miracles and stuff by Beelzebub, they're going to claim that you do miracles and stuff by Beelzebub. Then it says that, uh, as it said on the fifth verse, and he said, he could do no mighty works, say that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And uh, a lot of times people who've known you when you grew up and stuff around it, they, they find it hard to believe that God can use you. But see, that's the thing. God can use whatever he wants to. And he always try to confound the wise of this world by using somebody that everybody else would reject. The rejected things, that's what God usually used. So that's why we, as the children of God, we got to get prepared that they're going to talk about us. Yes, they're going to make fun of us. But our job is to go forth and minister anyway. Then it says in the seventh verse, and he called unto them, the twelve, beginning to send them forth two by two, and gave them power over unclean. Now, you notice there were 12 apostles. 12 is a very important number in the Bible. And that's what we call, uh, 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 just make it easy. It's numbers. That God uses numbers to give a message. Like that uh, lady that had the uh, issue of blood. How long did she have it? 12 years. How old was the... Uh, the uh, damsel that was uh, 
Tabitha when he went and raised her from the dead. That was 12. A lot of times you'll see God uses numbers, and those numbers represent Hebrew letters. The, the 12th letter of the Hebrew is, if I go through it here, Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet, Hey, Baal, Zion, Tet, Chet, Yud, Kuf, Kuf, means crown or kingdom. You notice every time they would, a person get around that was like 12 years old, the kingdom would come upon them and miracles was happening. People just don't realize God deals in numbers, just like 40, 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, uh, what was his name? It was in the well for uh, Jonah, who was in the belly of the well, three days and three nights. How long was Jesus in the ground? Three days, three nights. These things are very important to give us a message. That's what God be doing. For those that are hungry after God, hunger and thirst after righteousness, they'll be filled. You will get, if you search for him with all your heart, God will give you messages that will change your situation around. But you got to also remember, you got not only be a hearer of the word, you got to be a doer of the word. I know some people, they, they act like they're the, the best Christian they ever was, but to get away from and get them by themselves, you'd be surprised what kind of things will come out of their mouth or how they think about people. If they knew people could read their thoughts, they would stop some of the things they'd be thinking about people, especially about the ministry. You know, there's some ministries that need to be corrected. There's some ministries that need help. And instead of finding fault, you should be finding ways to help those people to hear the word of God so they can change. See, God's ministry, it all started out on one thing, and it still is, and it still will be. Let's keep on reading here. And he, uh, in the eighth verse, it says, And he commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey, save a staff only, no script, no bread, no money in their purse, but to be shod with sandals and put, and not to put on two coats. Now, if you notice, he said, I want you to go out with nothing. I know a lot of people talk about Jesus was rich. I heard that doctrine recently, but Jesus was not rich. He became poor that we can become rich in faith, not rich in money. There's nothing wrong with money. You hear me? Because the Bible tells you that uh, money answers all things. But it also tells you the love of money is what causes trouble. So this is why we got the balance in what we do. And as we start to uh, understand that Jesus was not rich, he lived by faith. A lot of preachers will tell you, oh, you need to live by faith, pay your tithes, pay your offerings, and stuff like that. But themselves are not living by faith. When they they need more, or the church is running short on money, we need to collect more money. Well, what do you tell the people that are trying to give? They got to collect more money. How are they going to collect more money if they ain't got a job? You've got, don't tell somebody to live by faith and you're not living by faith. And so, when he told them to go out without no bread, no money in their purse, he was trying to tell them, live by faith. Live by faith. God will supply all of your needs according to riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And then at the uh, tenth verse, it says, and he said unto them, in what place you ever so enter into that house, uh, abide there until you depart from that place. And whoever shall not receive you nor hear you, 
when you depart hence, shake the dust off from under 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 your feet for a testimony against them. For verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable in for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. In other words, he was saying, Now listen, if they don't want to hear the truth, the gospel and everything, shake the dust of what it actually means, just let them go. Because they're dust they came from and dust they'll go back. But if they want to learn the truth and listen and accept the truth, their life can be changed. In other words, the spirit that comes down the inner end of them when you get born again will be the spirit that goes back up. And the body will be judged according to how much it trusts in the spirit and not in itself. And you and the spirit becomes one. So the best thing to do is do what the word says. Who is the word? Jesus is the word. What is the Hebrew alphabet for Jesus? It's called Aleph Tau. That means the beginning and the end, the first and the last. It's the first and last uh, letter in the Hebrew. And with Hebrew letters, it can be 10 different words at the same identical time. It can be 100 different words. It can be 1,000 different words. This is why, you know, when you see these different uh, interpretations and stuff, what that is is what somebody else, well, I believe this is what God's word says. And then another person says, I believe what, this is what God's word says. And that's why you got all these different denominations. You got people that are uh, Jewish. And they've been studying the word for over 3,000 years. And you you can put, uh, just give you this, you can put five Jews in a room, you'll get 25 opinions. After all these years, you'll get like 25 opinions from five people. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It's, it's a thing that you got to learn this for yourself. You got to find out what God says and what God did not say. What he added, what he did not add. That's why I said, do not add or subtract because it changes the message. Just one little word, but I can give you an example. The New World Translation, where it says, in the beginning uh, was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was, now here it is, just one little thing, a God. It changed it to a God, but it's not in the original. It says the word was God, so that you know the word and God are the same. God spoke, he thought first, the body spoke vibration, and that's when the action came. We call it in the Hebrew letter, hey, thought, speak, action. When Jesus was in the uh, garden, and they came up and said, we're looking for Jesus, and he said, I am hey. In our Bible, it says he, but he actually said, I am hey, signs, wonders, and miracles. When he said that, the whole group that was there to get him ended up being slayed in the spirit. See, you want to move in the spirit realm. The reason people are going to the, the dark side because they don't see no miracles with us. Not, I'm going to say with us, because the people I run around with, they see miracles. That's because our God is a miracle-working God. And he is not letting us be walking around like dead men. We have a spirit in us that makes us alive. And that's why they call it quickening spirit. All right, let's keep on going here. And it says on the 12th verse, this is the message Jesus started teaching. His, his disciples taught, the, uh, uh, the pro, uh, prophets taught the same message. And here it is. And you know what number it is? 12. There it is. And they went out 
and preached that men should what? Repent. Repent is so important. It's stating that I'm taking responsibility for my sin. I did it. Nobody else is responsible. I did it. And because I did it, I want to do a 180. I see it differently now. It done hurt somebody. I done hurt some people. So you need to change. That's why it says repent. And here's the thing. A lot of times people say, well, I repented and I turned 360. 360 just means you just went around the same area again where you stopped. No, 180. Turn around. Don't go back. All right. And then it says in the 13th verse, and they cast out many devils and anointed them, uh, anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. Now, a lot of times people say, why do you use oil and stuff? If Jesus taught his disciples to use oil, and if Jesus' disciples used oil, what are we supposed to do? I'm not the master. Jesus is. Jesus is the person who taught us. Then we should obey what he taught us. And if we do that and walk in confidence and faith, the things will come to pass. People will start getting healed. Demons will come out of folks, and people will get healed. Then it says in the 14th verse, it says, And King Herod heard of him, for his name was spreaded abroad, and who we talking about, Jesus. And he said that John the Baptist has risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do, do show forth, themselves in him. The reason he was talking about John the Baptist, John the Baptist performed no miracles. He was one of the greatest prophets of all times on this earth, born of woman, but he never performed a miracle. But they knew he was a prophet. Most prophets, when you see a prophet, you see miracles, or a prophet is, you see miracles, signs, wonders, and miracles. Well, with him, nothing happened, but here he is now. Herod is thinking that this is John the Baptist, and now he's, trying to, uh, he's proving himself after being rose by signs, wonders, and miracles. That's who he thought Jesus was. All right. Then uh, 15 says, others said that it is Elias, and others said that that is a prophet or one of the prophets. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, what he was talking about when he said that Elijah, they were talking about Elijah was supposed to come back. Every year, uh, they look for Elijah because they do a what they call a, uh, a, a, a bag that they put in three uh, what they call matzah. One is supposed to be the father, one is supposed to be the son, and one is supposed to be for Elijah, and they hide that. They don't realize that they interpret it wrong, and it means the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And those three are one, or the Holy Ghost. Those three are one, but they don't see that. They try to interpret it according to the way they think. That's why I always say, let the Bible interpret itself, and then if you don't understand something, let God interpret it when he gets ready. You remember, you're not God. He is. Then it says, that he, uh, that he's a prophet or one of the prophets. What they mean is that is a prophet. They were talking about what Moses talked about. Moses said there's going to be a prophet that's going to come with God's name in him. And who he was talking about? He was talking about Jesus way before he was ever created. 
that he was going to be on this earth and he would have God's name on him, but they would not recognize him. They refused to believe that Jesus was the word, that Jesus was the anointed one, that Jesus was God, he was the son of God. But they can't understand it. And if you can't figure out something, then you try to give it a reason or try to figure it out, which is wrong. Then you'll add or subtract. Then it says on the 16th verse, it says, but Herodians heard therefore and said, it is John whom I beheaded. He rose from the dead. Now, if you notice, they believe in reincarnation. Now, the way people teach about reincarnation, they talk about you come back as a cow, come back as a dog. That's not what Judaism teaches. They teach that you come back as a soul that maybe needs to finish up the mission that he had here or she had here. So that's why it was open knowledge of in the old days of reincarnation. All right. Then it says, for Herodian himself has sent forth and laid hold on John and bound him in prison for Herodian's sake, his brother's Philip's wife, for he had married her. Now, you notice that here it is, Herodian already messed up. He married his brother's sister and stuff, and they expect things to go good for him? No. When you break God's law, God's law has a punishment. When you mess up somebody else's family, that's what you're doing. When you're supposed to be doing one thing and the law says don't do this and you do it, you're messing up not only you, you're messing up that person's family, you're messing up that uh, the, uh, that place that they think they're safe and nobody will know, God will bust you open and let you see what that sin is. And then after a while, you go around with all this guilt and you can't get rid of the guilt until you admit you're wrong and then you have to repent to God. Because everything we do, we're doing it against God. It ain't against the people, it's against God. All right? And when we say God is a good God and then we have all these bad things happen, because we ain't living right, then we can't complain about when things go bad for us. It, it's the devil. It's the devil. No, it ain't. <laughs> it's your sin. That's why I had got to look at that first where he says he preached that men should repent. And that was Jesus preaching that. All right. Then it says, for John has said unto Herod, it is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. Therefore, Herodian had quarreled with him and would have killed him, but she could not. In other words, here's his wife wanting to kill the prophet of God. That's the way a lot of them are. That's why you hear, uh, like Jezebel, her calling card is, I kill prophets. If you're around people, if they can't physically kill you, they'll verbally kill you. They will try to find some weakness or something wrong with you. Those people need to be investigated themselves. They want to investigate everybody else. Why go around judging people and think that you're not going to get judged? The 20th verse, says, For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man and a holy and observed him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. And though here he is, listening about John, observing John, that he was a holy man and that he was doing things that were right. And he enjoyed listening to him himself. Then the 21st says, and when a convenient day had come that Herodias on his birthday made a supper for his lords, 
high captains and chief the states of Galilee. And when the daughter of said Herodian came in and danced and pleased Herod and said that that sit with him, the king said unto that damsel, Ask me whatsoever thou will, and I will give thee. Now it's already he's already married his brother's wife, ex wife. I don't even know if it's an ex-wife. I think he just married her. And now he's lusting after the woman's daughter. All right? You see, one sin leads to another sin. This is why you need to live right, repent, and don't do it again. All right? Then it says, and he sweared unto her, whatsoever you shall ask me, I will give unto thee, even half my kingdom. That boy is full of blown lust. And she went forth. And said unto her mother, what shall I ask? And she said, the head of John the Baptist, because she didn't like John, because he admits and told her that she was wrong, and her husband that she's married to was wrong. And she came into the straightway with haste unto the king and asked him, I will, I will that you give me by and by on a charger the head of John the Baptist. And the king was exceedingly sorry. Yet for his oath's sake and for their sake, when he sat with him, which sat with him, he not reject her. He would not reject her. Sin is taking over. It's getting him in more and more trouble. And there's no way out. But see, the thing is, there is a way out. It's called repentance. And so that's why I tell people now, don't let the sin hold you back, keep you in trouble, carrying all that burden. I mean, there's no way you can walk around knowing you done messed up and not carrying the burden and knowing that the only way you're going to get free is that you got to turn around. You've got to go 180, but it ain't easy. And immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded the head to be brought and he went and beheaded him in prison and brought the head in a charter and gave it to the damsel. And the damsel gave it to her mother. And when the, the, the disciples heard of it, they came and took up his corpse and laid it in a tomb. But you notice they said, when he was asking questions, uh, I think John the Baptist done came back. Even Jesus, when he asked him, who do men think I am? Some says you're Elijah. Somebody thinks you're another prophet. Some believe that you're John the Baptist. He had got him all the way down. He said, who do you think I am? And that's when they said, well, John, I mean, Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. In other words, he was letting me know only a living God can do what he's doing. And now he's not just a prophet, but he's more than a prophet. There was this man named uh, Josephus, and he was writing things of history. And one of the things he wrote about Jesus, he said he was not just a man. He was more than a man. All right. We have the 30th verse. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what had done and what they had taught. And they said unto him, come, you, yourself apart until the desert and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure, not so much even to eat. In other words, Jesus was so busy 
praying with people and his disciples praying for people. And that's the way we should be, so busy taking care of people by giving them the true word of God, giving the true number or alphabet or grammatry, as they call it for numbers, the where a person can eat from the word of God and receive what they need and the teaching that comes along. Because when Jesus came here, he came by doing four things, teaching, preaching, healing, and prophesying. 31, and he said unto them, uh, uh, 32 rather, and they departed into the desert by boat privately. And when people saw them departed, many knew him and ran afoot uh, hither into all cities and went out, uh, went out them and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he had came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. And then, and, and he began to teach them many things. What did he teach? He taught about the Hebrew alphabet for one. He talked about the, what the word calls us to do. In other words, it tells us to do what's right. You know, people always want to be legally. Well, do I have to do this every day? Do I have to do? Look, you're getting legalistic instead of getting an understanding. You need an understanding so you don't get, as we say in the old days, the Board of Education to the seat of understanding. Stay out of trouble. You ain't got to worry about it. Things are going to be bad enough already because you were born. Man is born into trouble in many days. But see, you can have less trouble or more trouble by the way you live. That's why it's so important to believe the gospel and live. In other words, God said, I come to block out all your transgression, but you got to be wanting to first. If you don't want to be healed, don't want to be set free, there's nothing they can do. Now, what do you mean by heal? A lot of times you may have a physical illness, and it might be something that was programmed on you, uh, 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 what they call witchcraft or somebody else like that. Yes, you got to battle through it, but it may not be your fault. That's why it says an undeserving curse cannot land. But again, if you go around hating people, mad at somebody, and you expect God to do miracles for you, it ain't happening. Well, God did a miracle for me about 10 years ago. <laughs> 10 years ago? What about yesterday? He should have been doing a miracle for you yesterday and tomorrow. But you got to deserve it. Jesus paid it all. Jesus said, repent. Now I'm trying to tell you something. Either you're going to make understanding to where the Bible tells you to live right, or you're not. And if you're not, don't be surprised what happens to you. All right? And especially if you have anger, anger issue with somebody, jealousy issue with somebody, uh, trying to find a legal loophole with God sometimes, things are just not going to go well for you, okay? Then it says, uh, let's keep on going down here. Uh, 35th, 35th verse. It says, when the day uh, was far spent, the disciples came unto him and said, this is the desert or lonely place. Now it's time for, time has passed. In other words, rest. Send them away that we may go into the country round about and into the village and buy themselves bread. 
for they have nothing to eat. And Jesus didn't have nothing either. I'm trying to tell you. They talking about he had money. No, Jesus did not have money. He couldn't pay his taxes. He had to send Peter fishing so he could pay his taxes and stuff. When people were hungry, he didn't have no money to buy them a bunch of food and stuff. He had to rely on the Lord, the Father, to perform a miracle. So here they keep on going. The 37, he answered and said unto them, give them to eat. And they said unto him, what shall we go and buy? 200 pennies worth of bread and give to them to eat? He said unto them, how many uh, loaves have you? Go and see. And they and when they knew, they said five loaves and two, or said five and two fishes. And he commanded them to sit down by companies upon the grass. And as they sit down by rank, hundred and by fifties. And when he was taking the five loaves and two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaf and gave them to the disciples to sit before him. And the two fishes divided he among them, and they did eat and were filled, and they took up, ready here again, they took up 12 baskets full of fragments of the fish. And they that did eat of the loaves were 5,000 men, and straightway he constrained his disciples to go unto the ship, and go to the other side before unto Bethsaida, where he sent them away, away the people. Now, here's you notice, it was 12 again. Why is it 12? 12 represents the kingdom. Remember when that lady touched the hem of his jacket? He, she represented that she touched the kingdom. And he said, somebody touched me. And they said, well, everybody been touched. He said, no, somebody touched me with faith. They touched the kingdom. What kingdom? the kingdom of heaven. There's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. And heaven is what we're supposed to be operating in. It's not way out there in space or somewhere. It's around us. But if you don't live right, if you don't uh, receive the blessing of the spirit, you will not operate in there. Just because God did some miracles for you, signs and wonders, that doesn't mean that you're, you're doing what's right. The thing is, judge yourself. Look at yourself each and every day and see if you're in the faith. Because believe it or not, somebody else is judging you. Well, they ain't living right, so how are they going to judge me? You're in trouble already because you're trying to compare yourself. Stop it. It says, and when he had went forth from them, he departed unto the mountain to pray. You notice he didn't say mountains. It says mountain. And what that mountain means, kingdom. He went to the kingdom to pray. And when he's even coming to the ship, which was in the midst of the sea, he alone was on land. And he saw them toiling, uh, rolling in the wind, which was contrary to them, and about the fourth watch of the night, he came unto them, walking on the sea, and would pass by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed that it was been a spirit and cried out. Why would they suppose that had been a spirit? Because he was walking on the fourth watch. What is the fourth watch? It is the third, three, uh, third a.m. in the morning. That's when God is supposed to finish 
supposed to visit the earth. They didn't recognize that he was God. That's why he was walking on the fourth walk on the third a.m. of the day. And as I said, when they saw him, they were troubled. And immediately he talked unto them and said, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. God is forever telling us our biggest uh, thing that we fight is fear. Fear. That's why people are having so much. Well, I don't know where we're going to eat. How are we going to have money? How are we going to stay in this house? Fear is not going to get you anywhere. Confidence that Jesus can take care of everything you need. And if he doesn't, feel that he still knows where you at. He knows where you live. He can do whatever it takes because he's your king and he's not your genie. That's where a lot of people mess up. Oh, I just say the name of Jesus and these things are going to come. Look, he's not a genie. He's a God. He is the king. You come to him asking for things. And if he decided to give it to you, good. If he don't decide to give it to you, good. Still remember, he's the king. Then it says, and he went up, 50, 51, and he went up until them, until the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sorely amazed in themselves beyond measure, signs, wonders, and miracles. For they considered not the miracles of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. And when he had passed over, and when they had passed over, they came to the land of the gathering and drew unto the shore. And when he came out of the ship, straightway they knew him. And they ran through the whole region about and began to bring about beds, those who were sick and those that heard of and heard he was. Henceforth, he entered into the village cities and country. They laid the sick in the streets and besought him that he might touch them if it was that but his border of his garment. And as as many had touched him were made whole. As you notice, that lady wasn't the only one that touched his garment. He wasn't the only one that touched the border. The reason is the border represented the kingdom. And because they touched the kingdom, signs, wonders, and miracles happened. It wasn't Jesus did it. He was having, they were having the faith that the word will work and that Jesus was the word. So this is why we study the word we study to see what God's word says. We live by what God's word tells us to do. And the more we live by the word of God, the more we get blessed. We get blessed going in, blessed coming out, the head and not the, t- not the tail. Now let's turn over, and, and I'll be asking questions in a few minutes. We're going to be turning over to John, the uh, uh, St. John, the sixth chapter. And we'll be at the 22nd verse today. St. John, the 22nd verse. Uh, if there's anybody got any questions or any comments, uh, all you have to do is push one on your telephone and that'll let Dorothy know that you're there. Do you have anything to say, Dorothy? No, there's no hands up either. No, oh, okay. Well, what do you think about what the Lord gave me to teach about? Is it helping? Yeah, it's um, it was very good. I'm, and I'm, for some reason, I'm trying to remember what those things are, those tassels on the corner uh, of the... 
Of the police. I can't remember the proper word. <laughs> I think it's called T I Z T I Z. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's just odd how God just sent me over there to, to do that. But yeah, is that you know what I'm saying? There's so much that we need to understand. And especially that twelve. Twelve as I say, the twelfth letter of the Hebrew is another one that mm-hmm. represents the crowd, which represents the kingdom. And that we don't get taught these things in the churches. They teach these uh, Jewish kids ever since they're a little kid about the Hebrew alphabet and what they mean and what the numbers mean, what they call gematria. But we don't get it. And that's why they walking around. A lot of them are blessed, and they don't. They haven't done anything that deserve being blessed except learning the word. I'd like to go back to, yeah, I'd like to go back to where they're teaching how to read out of the Bible. That's how Mm -hmm. it used to be in this country. That would be nice. I I tell you, miracles that happens according to the broadcast that that we can do now, it's wish the children had had that before. And that way they could receive the things they needed, not over just church, but over the broadcast. But there's a lot of other preachers that know about these things. But if they don't teach it, you can't learn it. And they're afraid because what happens, we got it, we get into mysticism. Well, our God is a supernatural God. What do you expect? I can imagine the uh, people that was with Moses and he and he split the sea. And they're looking at, <laughs> man, did you just see that? He's already had the 10 miracles happen. About with the Pharaoh, and now he's trying, the sea is splitting. There was fire at night, uh, cloudy during the day. They were supernatural. That's what this thing's all about signs, wonders, and miracles. If we believe, if we don't believe, we'll never receive. Oh. Well, there's nobody out there pushing the buttons today. No questions to ask. All you have to do is push one and let us know that there's somebody there with a question or or a comment. Let's keep on going here with uh, St. John, the uh, sixth chapter, and the 22nd verse. And it starts as this was. The day following, when the people stood on the other side of the sea, that was there were none other boats there save one wherein his disciples had entered, and Jesus was not with the disciples in the boat. But his disciples were gone away alone. Probably ever there came other boats from Tiberias, nigh unto the place where they did eat bread, after which the Lord was given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither is his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. That's the best thing you can do is seek Jesus. And if anybody calls in or wants to ask a question or comment, just just let me know, uh, Dorothy. All right. And the 25th verse, and when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, 
when camest thou? And Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek not me. Me? Seek, you seek me not because you saw the miracles. And because you did eat the loaves and were still, even the people back there knew signs, wonders, and miracles. Labor not for the meat which perish, but for the meat which endures for everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him has God the Father sealed. And, and she then said them unto him, What shall we do? that we might work the works of God. You see, they wanted to work supernatural. That's why our churches are so dead. All they want is to name it and claim it, go get the big money, get the big job and stuff. What about the compassion on the, the poor person? What about compassion on people that need help, that need education? I ain't got time to help somebody else. I got to do it all for myself. It's all about me, me, me. Instead of getting back to the supernatural and what God tells me to do and get God to bless us. All right. 29. Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God that you believe on him whom he has sent. Who did he send? The word. The scriptures is the word. It is Jesus. He said he uh, manifested in, uh, in the flesh, but he still was the word of God. Then said them, henceforth unto him, what signs shall uh, thou, okay, what signs showest thou then that we may see and believe and does that work? You know, they always ask questions in threes. <laughs> well, I'm trying to tell you, I'd rather ask the question instead of being quiet. I'd rather see a miracle than not ask for one. I want to see what, what God wants me to do. And it's supernatural. It says, our father did eat manna in the desert. And it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is, the, uh, is he which come down from heaven and give life unto the world. In other words, we have a question. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, I got to open the mic. Um, area code 404-993. Your mic's open. Thank you. Hey, this is Amber. How are you? I'm doing good, Amber. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Um, I'm asking this question on behalf of my mother. Um, she uh, she had a question about the Trinity and um, about day and the hour, uh, of not knowing the day and the hour. So from her understanding, um, the word says that God the Father is the only one that knows the day or the hour. So Jesus nor the Holy Spirit know the day or the hour would you agree with that statement first and then if so do you know why jesus and the holy spirit are not aware of the day or the hour of uh the return okay first of all you have to understand the way jewish uh 
people think. And the way they think, because God gave them to them, that when you get ready to get married, you're supposed to give the a wife a glass of wine, the, the fiancé. And when she takes the drink of the wine, she says, I want to marry that person. And then he has to go back to his father's house, as you can see in comparison just a minute. He goes back to his father's house, and he's got to build a house on his father's land with him. And he cannot come back until the father says the house is built. And when the father says it's built, he will send his uh, best man to go forth and say that the bridegroom cometh, the bridegroom cometh. Then he goes in the middle of the night and go picks up his bride. Same thing with Jesus. Jesus' bride is the church. Well, he cannot come back for us until the father says that everything that he is building on, the word, the word is the one that's building everything, is done, is complete. And once it's complete, then the father will tell the son to go get your uh, your uh, hero or the one that goes before you to announce that you're on your way. That's why the father is the only one who knows when the son can come back. Did I answer your question? Yes, I feel that you did. And that would relate back to the Holy Spirit as well, right? Yes, because the only person who can give permission that the house is built is the Father. Yep, that, that makes sense. Thank you. All right, any other questions? Not here. Okay. okay. Thank you. Yep. Tell the family I said hi. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Well, y'all have a blessed day. Anybody else out there, uh, Dorothy? Nope, no other hands up. Okay. Well, I'm glad they called in. And that was a good question because a lot of people don't realize. Yeah. Huh? That was a very good question. And, and, you know, people don't understand the, the ties to the Jewish wedding uh, rituals and yeah. the bride of Christ. They they don't get it. Mm-hmm. They don't connect the dots. So that was very good. Mm-hmm. I tell you, it's so much that we need to understand. And plus, the underlying things are being hid. As I say, they didn't. Well, some people didn't know that the Father, uh, God the Father, is compared to the the. Uh, the father or the husband of the church down here and that everything is done in heaven first and then it's manifested on the earth. So when we talked about the wedding, the wedding was first in heaven, then manifested here on the earth. And the Jews have been doing the same wedding over and over again for over 3,000 years. All right. Yeah, oh yeah. As I say, the mic is open for anybody who got a question or a comment. Well, as you notice, here it is. Uh, we're in the sixth chapter, and how Jesus said that He was the bread of life, the true bread. He didn't just say the bread; He said, "I am the true bread of life." And because 
He is the true bread. It is the word of God. That's why it says man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word. He's saying physical bread is all right, but you need the spiritual bread to live. And it gives you eternal life, which is the word of God. Then uh, the 34th, it says, said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. What he's talking about, hunger and thirst, it says what he's talking about is that the bread, which is the word, is bread indeed, and the drink is drink indeed to give you eternal life. In other words, when you take the uh, communion, because that's what it is, uh, communion, God changes your DNA, which they didn't know about no DNA back then, but it changes their DNA, which think, changes their thinking when it says you're born again of the spirit. Another word for spirit is called understanding. Your understanding is changed. And because your understanding is changed, you get a new way of thinking. You don't think the same way. Well, I've seen some people, they don't look like, they, they look like they still think the same way. Yeah, if they say people, are, they say they're born again, but some of them ain't been born again. So cause just because somebody says something doesn't mean it because the Bible says, said, and that's why I always say, go by what the word says. It says nobody knows which way the wind blows. And the same with the Holy Spirit. Nobody really knows who get the Holy Spirit and who don't have the Holy Spirit. But if you watch their attitude and the way they live and the way they uh, handle themselves around other people, then you'll find out, oh, this one has the fruit of the Spirit. This one has the fruit of the flesh. And that's what we as the children of God got to keep on fighting through that we get the word of God and changes us. I can't change everybody else, but I can change me. I can't judge everybody else, but I can judge me. I want to get on the right road. That's why it says strive and enter into the straight gate for many, many, many have went into the wrong direction and went into destruction. All right. Let's keep on going here. 36. But I say unto you that you have also seen me and believe not. In other words, here's the scripture. That's what Jesus represented the scripture. He said, I come in the volume of the books as it was written of me. The book, the scriptures. He says, all that the Father has given me shall come to me, and him that is cometh to me I in no wise will cast out. You cannot come to the Father unless you come by the word of God. And you're not going to come to the word of God unless he draws you by the spirit. If he doesn't call you, there's nothing you can do. Anybody, you, there's nothing you can do to get that person saved. They've got to want it and then they got to receive it. Then it says 38. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is and this is the Father's will which he has sent me, that of all which he has given uh has sent me, of all which he has given me, I should not lose nothing, but shall raise it up again at the last 
days. And this is the will of him that sent me. Now, Jesus made it clear. What is the will of the Father? That everyone which seeth the Son, which is the, the gospel, the, the, the scriptures, the, the words, either um, what we call rhema or logos. Logos means it is written down. Rhema means it is spoken. Believe on him may have everlasting life. And I raised him up at the last days. Who's going to raise him up? The word of God is going to raise him up. That's what he was trying to tell people. I am the living bread. I am the living water. I am the word. I am that I am. And the Jews murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph? Now, you remember earlier, they called him the son of Mary. Now, in this scriptures, they call him the son of John, whose father and mother we know. How is it then that he says, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man came down, uh, no man can come to me except the Father, which he has sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up at the last days. That's three times in, in this one section that says, at the last days. Are we at the last days yet? We could be very close. If you don't believe the word and repent and live repentant lives, you're not one of those people who's going to be raised up for happiness, but you're going to be sad and miserable. 45, and it is written in the prophets, and they shall be as top of God. Every man, therefore, that has heard and has learned of the Father comes to me. Who is me? The scriptures. Come to the anointed scriptures. Not that any man has seen the Father, save he which is of God, and he has, has seen the Father. For verily I say unto you, he that believes on me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your father did eat manna in the wilderness and died. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may therefore eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven, and if any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread which I give is my flesh. You see what I'm trying to say? It's spiritual. He's He's relating it to his flesh. That's why he told the disciples, he said, you got to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. So my flesh is bread indeed. Or, uh, drinking of, of my blood is the wine indeed. In other words, he's talking about not physically eating his body. He's talking about eating the word of God, eating and breathing, uh, rhema and logos, okay? Then the, Jews, then the Jews, therefore, strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat my flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. In other words, your DNA has not been changed. You're not going to be with, you're not going to be with the Father. You're not going to be with the Son. You're not going to be with the Holy Ghost. You ain't going to be except 
being separated from them because you separated yourself. And when he said, read and study my word for I'm meek and lowly, you say, well, I don't want to believe that and I want to listen. All right, 54. Whoever shall eat of my flesh and drink of my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. There it is again. For my flesh is meat indeed and my blood is drink indeed. He that eats my flesh and drink my blood dwelleth in me, liveth in me, stay up unto me, and I in him. But greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. As the living Father has sent me, I live by the by the Father, so that he that eats me, even even he shall live by me. In other words, you consist in the spiritual realm. And the spiritual realm will give you energy. It will give you hope. It gives you knowledge. It gives you so many things. That's why, as I say, you need to repent so you can be born again. And if you've been born again in your leaky bucket, like my friend uh, Tamika Nolan would say, then you need you leaky and you need another refill. <laughs> All right, 58. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Nor as and see, this is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and died. He that eats of this bread shall live forever. Then these then uh these things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of his disciples, when they heard this, this is a hard saying, and who can hear this? And Jesus knew in himself that the disciples murmured about uh, it, and he said to them, does this offend you? Now, what he was talking to, he was talking to the 82 disciples that he had. 12 is what we call the apostles, and the other uh, 70, they are the ones that were learning to go out and do signs, wonders, and miracles. But when they heard this, they said, oh, no, this is too hard for me. And then let's go see what it says. And he asked him, did this offend you? What? And if I shall see the, uh, what if you shall see the Son of Man ascending from where he was before? Is it the spirit that quickens the flesh, profit uh, nothing? The word that I speak unto you, they are a spirit and they are a life. I told you the word spirit means, sometimes in Hebrew, it means understanding. So it says that this, it is, back to 63 again, it is the understanding that quickens. The flesh profits you nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are understanding and they bring you life. But there are some of you that believe not. And Jesus knew from the beginning who were they that believe not and who should betray him. And he said, therefore, I said unto you that no man came unto me except it was given unto him of my father. For that time, many of the disciples went back and walked no more with him. And then Jesus, then said Jesus until the 12, back to the number 12 again. Are you also go away? Then Peter, Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou have the word of eternal life. In other words, 
we understand by the words and believing what the word says, what you taught us, that we're, we're learning, that we have eternal life through you, which is the word. And then it says, 69, and we believe and are sure thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said, have not I chose you twelve, and one of you a devil? And he spoke unto Judas Akar, the son of Simon, he, for he it, it was that he should betray him, being one of the twelve. Goes right back to the word twelve. He was part of the kingdom. Judas was part of the kingdom of God, but because he betrayed him, he gave up his part, the same as what happened in the garden when Adam and Eve was tricked by Satan who tricked them out of their inheritance, the same as uh, Jacob tricked uh, Esau out of his inheritance. All through the Bible, it tells us how people are tricked out of their inheritance. And if they would listen and read what the word says and keep the word, they would have their inheritance. All right. So is there any other questions out there? Anybody else got their hands there? No hands up. Okay. Surprised we got we got these six and twenty two, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did. Never know what God's gonna do. <laughs> I'm always always surprised about him because as I told you, he works in signs, wonders, and miracles. And just recently had a man that came over to my house and uh, he had scoliosis. And I told him, I said, you know, he got pain and everything. And so I told him to go touch the light switch. And I told him, you got to tap it a certain way. He went over and touched the light switch. He came up, told me today that his back was not twisted and that he had very little pain. See, our God is a miracle working God. That's why I tell people, signs, wonders, and miracles. That's why I named this program, Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. I see miracles all the time, especially when we're open, and I hopefully that we'll be opening soon. And I'll keep you all abreast when we're going back on to uh, coming, having the church services again. But uh, And we'll still be at the same building unless the Lord moves us somewhere else. And as I say, some of the things that I've seen recently before we had closed down the church, this one person, his father was a 33rd-degree mason. His grandfather was a 33rd-degree mason, and he was a 33rd-degree mason. Well, he found out it was a wrong organization. He repented from it because you got a lot of curses that you put on yourself when you're in these things, and not only on yourself but on your family if you ever reveal the things and what they teach there. And so as we were just talking, just sitting down talking, he started manifesting. Even though he done broke all these curses and stuff, there was still things in him, and it was Lucifer. Another time, I'm sitting down at a restaurant eating Golden Corral, one of my favorite places, and as I was eating there, this lady said, I saw you on TV. Can I sit and talk to you? I said, yes, ma'am. Have a seat. She sat down, and as soon as she sat down, she started growling. You never know what's in a person until it starts to manifest. And the only way it will manifest is you staying close to God yourself. It ain't going to happen for another demon to be around another demon. 
but the power of God sits a fire, and that fire makes them uncomfortable. And because they're uncomfortable, they want to get away from you. And if they can't get away from you, that's when they start to manifest. I had a young man who was in a car, and as we were talking, he said, I got to leave you. I said, why? He said, I can feel it. It's coming up right now, and I don't want this thing out. Everybody don't want to be delivered. Everybody don't want to be saved. Some people are happy with a life, living a life of sin. So you got to wait till you can hear that person say, I'm tired of this life. I want to change. Especially like if they're in drugs and stuff, they got to be tired of it first before they'll give it up. They got to be tired of living in sin before they'll change their lifestyle. And and the person that wants to change, I want to say to you right now, it's not an easy road because look at all the power that you done built up working for Satan. And we got to take a hammer and start tearing that thing back down, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. And then we got to train you so that you will fight back because it does no good if we're doing all the fighting and you're just sitting there trying to, well, when it's God's time, when I feel like it, uh-uh, it's time when God got your attention. And so let's battle this thing together so that you can get free. All right. Well, I'm going to give you all another two minutes here. To Anybody got any questions or answers or anything they want to say? If not, we'll be turning, uh, signing off again until uh, uh, two weeks from this, this thing. The other reason I'm Cutting it down a little bit by a little bit. I got four broadcast stations I'm on. And no telling what else is getting ready to happen. <laughs> All right. Well, you got anything, Dorothy? No, just what we talked about before as far as repenting for the sins of the nation like Daniel did for Israel. Uh-huh. Is that something we should be doing? And what should we expect to see as a result of that? Well, it's a good thing to pray for the nation. It's like uh, 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 Asta did for her nation and then had them to help pray. It's always, that's why it says, man, she always to pray and not to faint. Just because you don't see something happening don't mean you give up. Intercessory prayer is the most important thing on this earth and in heaven because he listens to intercessories. That's why it says, when a, a favorite prayer of a righteous man abelleth much or a intercessor or a woman intercessor. So, yes, right now, as I say, things are about if, if people are not praying and for a change, it's about to get worse. One lady called me and said that she believed that the Lord is showing her that it's getting ready to have more earthquakes and uh, storms, going to be a lot more storms. I can believe that. I know when the Lord told me years ago, he said, there's going to be a time there's not going to be enough hospitals for all the people that are sick. Now we done ran into that. Who knew that the world would be shut down, shut down to where the world couldn't move around because of being closed out. But I try to tell people, our God is signs, wonders, and miracles. Anytime people try to figure him out in the natural 
and trying to do it by the flesh or carnal mind, they'll never be able to figure him out. I remember one time the Lord showed me how much greater is him and his thoughts than we are. He said, where you take computers and you have to figure this stuff on out, he said, I instantly know what it is. Instantly. Is he knowing the future? The only reason God knows the future, and I'm telling y'all, they can teach whatever they want, but I'm going to tell you that the reason that God knows the future, he wrote the book, all right? But it wasn't he wrote the book and everybody got to do what the book says. He wrote the book according to what we did. And right now the book is finished and so are we. We're already sitting in heavenly places. That's what the book of uh, the book of uh, Ephesians says. We're sitting in heavenly places. I'm trying to tell you, a lot of stuff is hidden, but the truth is if we'll search for it, we'll find the answer. So since it's already finished, we made the decision, and God got a courtroom now that he's able to judge what we did was either right or wrong, good or bad. And believe me, we started off good and started ending up bad. So that's why we have to change our thoughts, our people, and that will change. It won't change the destiny of what's going on because it's already finished. But you'll know why you did what you did, and we'll know if you was an intercessor. We'll know if you changed things at the last second of your life, and all that will be counted in. And I, as I say, I want to be counted in as I ended up good, and that's the way I'm praying for y'all. All right. Anybody else before we go off the air? Everybody's so quiet tonight. I hear you. Okay, are are they showing up on the on the thing there, or can you tell? Oh, well, there's several people in here. Some people have already left because I heard you talk about going off air. But yeah, there's people in, the, you know, listening. They're oh, okay. Not... I hear you. All right. Maybe well, they're just digesting what you said. <laughs> I hear you. Well, Mary, you have a blessed day, and would you like to pray for us? I'm a little short of breath again. Ever since I've been home, I'm having more asthma, but um, I will try. Let's see. Father, I would like to bring the nation before you this day. I am very concerned about the state of our nation, and we have sinned greatly. The shedding of the blood of the innocent is so heavy on many people's hearts and mostly on yours. We ask forgiveness. We ask repentance. And I find the spirit of fear that is operating so freely through the mainstream media, through people spreading it like the virus itself. I bind the spirit of fear and I cast it out. It has no place in this country because this country belongs to you. And I pray that 
thy will be done in the United States as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray, Lord, for my sister and everything that she's been through. I ask you to send ministering angels to her now to start to heal her and recuperate her to her divine health. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, and we all say, Amen. All right. Amen. In about two weeks, I'll talk to you again. And we'll be at uh, John, the seventh chapter. This time we'll we'll call back up. John, the seventh chapter, starting with the first verse. Okay, got it. All right. Talk to you later. You have a blessed evening. Hello. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye.